with you here for another interview um it just uh, a little behind the scenes stuff with the podcast uh i throw out interview requests all the time and sometimes you hear back right away sometimes you don't hear back for a couple months and sometimes you hear back all on the same day <laughs> As was the case with this and uh, PCO, these interviews were uh, basically put together hours apart. I had heard from Jimmy uh, a couple weeks or a couple days earlier. We had worked out a time, sat down the the talk, and then as we were doing that, uh, the interview confirmation from PCO came in as I was talking to him. In fact, you can hear the ding on my cell phone in this interview telling me that the uh, when to call PCO. So just sometimes that's how it works out. Um, so yeah, I got to sit down with Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, it, listeners of our show have heard Jimmy before. Um, you'll also know that I'm quite a fan of his, both as a comic professional and his work, and as well as a person. I I get along quite well with Jimmy. We've uh, talked a number of times now, a couple times for this podcast, a couple times for other people's shows. Uh, he was on Fantasy along with uh, his lovely, lovely wife Amanda Connor. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like his stuff. So he has another Kickstarter out, and he's doing the media rounds for uh, Painkiller Jane, Trust the Universe. And since I, I, I loved his last book, uh, Killing Time in America, and I love talking to Jimmy, so we sat down and discussed his views on Kickstarter, how uh, he went about assembling this project, and how he assembles Kickstarters kind of in general, like the, the work that goes in and the timing and things like that. As well as uh, we we went a little off script and talked about uh, movies, both uh, his projects that are in in development and uh, movies coming up this summer that we both are interested in seeing. So yeah, um, if you're interested in the new Painkiller Jane book, uh, you can go to paperfilms.com and there's a link right on the front page for it. Or if you go to Kickstarter and search. Uh, Painkiller Jane, uh, it's it's in there. It'll pop up right away. I think it was on the front page for Kickstarter for a while, but uh, it, it should be very easy to find. In the meantime, this is uh, me sitting down with the one and only Jimmy Palmiotti. So, uh, it looks good. like you're uh, you're nearly uh, at your funding too, by the looks of things. Yeah, we, it goes slow from now on. Like after the first couple of days, it's like gangbusters, and then. Um, so I start doing press and interviews and stuff this week and next week, you know, to push the tail end of it. And, you know, I want to get it so we can get a stretch goal. So I, I want to actually reprint the uh, Painkiller Jane Zero in the book by Amanda. And yeah. Mark Wade. Um, you know, and that's like another 30 something pages to add to the book, which makes it a nicer, fatter book, you know, mm. um, so if I can get it up even a little bit after the after the price, you know, with a stretch goal, uh, then it'll be like a hundred and something page book. You know, it'll be nice. Like honestly, all my stretch goals, I'd like to put more content <laughs> in the book. 
you yeah. know, even if they're reprints, it's stuff people hasn't haven't seen in twenty years. So, you know, um, it's kind of fun to do that. So that's that's the exciting part for me. Um, you know, I, I'm trying not to look at it too much. Uh, Kickstarter made it a, it's uh, its own, like uh, gave it a heart. You know, like it's a yeah. project. To, so that helped me yesterday and today. Um, but you know, the initial people run out. And then there's the discovery people, which is people in comics still have no idea. Yeah. You know, not everybody's online and not everybody checks stuff. So there's a lot of people that have no awareness of the campaign. And, you know, at the very least, I always say it's it's only eight bucks digitally. So, uh, yeah, I try to push the digital reward, you know? Hmm. Um, so I, <laughs> I guess let's fully get started. Yeah. Um, why, uh, why go with the, uh, the painkiller Jane, uh, monolith sort of crossover for this book? Was this an idea that's been brewing for a while or did it just kind of come to you? Well, you know, it's, it, I was looking at, we were redoing the website, the paperfilms.com website, and I was looking at all the, um, characters that I've either gotten back or created, and what I noticed is I haven't done, like, a crossover. Like, I haven't actually introduced my characters to each other. Mm. And a lot of them take place in the same area. So Jane and Monolith are both in the New York City area and, you know, modern day. Um, and even my other characters, I have some that would fit right in. But anyway, I thought, well, Jane is her own, you know, I've established Jane with a lot of books. In Monolith, we had a 12-issue series with DC, and that's the only time anybody's ever seen it. You know, uh, we've gotten the rights back and reprinted an image reprint of just the first three issues, but we never dug in with the character. And I figured, well, I want to do a new Jane story. And it would be kind of fun to put the monolith in it because it's just a giant monster that uh, <laughs> is so different. It's so, it's so different from Jane, you know, yeah. they, they don't have the same personality whatsoever. And, um, so I thought, well, what an interesting thing to do. And, you know, I checked with uh, Juan Santa Cruz and I said, how how is your schedule? And he's like, I could take on something. And I'm like, okay, could you take on maybe 46 pages, 48 pages? He's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we've been working on it. And I took the money from the last Kickstarter, the Killing uh, Time in America book, and started paying Juan for to work on the pages and also Dan Kemp to color them. And I realized halfway through, I'm like, okay, where am I going to put this? Cause the last time I published Jane, we did it through icon and that was a bit of a disaster for us. Cause, um, it just didn't sell well. It actually sold the least I've ever sold the Jane book. And you icon think, well, like hey, the, uh, the Marvel creator owned imprint that yeah. they had for a while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, what I thought would sell the most actually wind up selling the least. And I think the retailer just weren't ordering icon books. They just, I mean, I don't even think the label's there anymore to tell you the truth. No, I think after um, Bendis left, they, they've just sort of folded it. Yeah. And it seemed like the only thing they did push was Brian's books, you know, hard. I mean, I, I got an ad, uh, in the, in the previews and that was all the attention I got for the book. So, you know, it wasn't enough to get them out there. And I wound up, you know, <laughs> breaking even maybe not you know i don't even know hmm. so with jane i figured well jane has an audience it's a limited audience it's not huge um but if i do a kickstarter i can aim it towards the audience and then create a book that's kind of fun has some reprints has some new pinups has a brand new story 
Um, you know, and then I figured, well, let me do a hardcover because it's, it's just like uh, these days I'm a hardcover guy. I, yeah. You know, I, I prefer my stuff put in hardcovers. So I, I kind of like am leaning towards that. It's a little more money on my end, um, but I think that in, in the long run, people tend to keep hardcovers a lot longer than they do regular floppies. Um, and again, there's so many pages, I think it would, I'd have to square bound, bind it anyway. So uh, I might as well just go right to what I want to see the book do. And with the Kickstarter, I figured, well, I've, I've done 10 before. They've been successful. Let me see how Jane would do. You know, uh, Let me see a character that's a little more established than the last bunch of crazy ideas I put out there. <laughs> um, and, you know, although, you know, the Kickstarters, they're fun to do. They're also a ton of work. So uh, I cut back on my regular comic book work. You know, after Amanda and I stopped doing um, Harley for a while, we uh, we decided to let's focus on our own work and our own things because at the end of the day, you can keep making companies money, but, um, you know, you have to look out for your own stuff. And, and I've always been about... Um, creators' rights and creator sharing, and you know the big companies. You know, at least DC does put an effort into it. They're nowhere near where they should be uh, these days. Any companies, most companies aren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the Kickstarter, I retain all the rights. I control the book. I control the looks. I can put the pinups that I want. I can do the printing I want. Um, and with the backers, we can kind of figure out what we want to do after, if we do hit the amount, what we can do next. So I love it because it's a grassroots thing. And I thought, well, well, with Jane, there's definitely a lot of fans. So hopefully we can hit the number. And so far, so good. We're in a couple of days in. And uh, I launched it during a holiday weekend, which was an experiment for me. Okay. Because I was like, I was like, let me see if this is going to hurt it or help it. And. I think it just did just fine. Uh, I, I, you know, I thought maybe people are out of town, so they're not bothering. But then the flip side, I'm, I was like, all right, people have off. Maybe they have nothing to do. And they're looking on the computer. Yeah. And get hooked in. So you know, you n- you never know. I mean, every Kickstarter to me is a nerve wracking event. <laughs> How long does it take you to organize these uh, the the Kickstarter for for putting together the books and then? putting together what you want to do for the rewards and stuff, because you, you seem to be averaging at this point, you're kind of doing one or two a year. If, if my math is right. Yes. I'm, I'm going to try, you know, I, I slowed down when we were doing Harley Quinn. Cause honestly, they had me and Amanda writing two to three books a month. Yeah. So we had no time to do anything. Um, this year in 2019, I'd like to get four Kickstarters out. My next one is uh, sex and violence three. And then I have two other creator books I'm doing that are a lot of fun. That uh, you know, um, but I want to get four done this year. You know, it, it's the, to, from beginning to end they have to overlap, obviously, because I can't otherwise I'd have no time. They take me around uh, two months to get started and to get it prepped and get everything ready the way I want it, and then to go out and solicit it because I don't solicit. I don't start the Kickstarter until I have most of the book done. Because I don't want people waiting three or four months to get the product after they pay it. I want to get it as fast as humanly possible. And in the case with Painkiller Jane, I am three pages short of art, uh, which I'll probably have by the end of the month. And then by the time the Kickstarter is ending. And then we just have to have them colored and the whole thing lettered. And we could probably go to press two weeks after the Kickstarter ends, which means... 
another three weeks for the book to get made and delivered. So I'll be able to get it within a month, a month and a half, which is pretty good. Um, and into people's hands. But again, that takes me, I work with my buddy Patrick Wedge and, uh, it takes the two of us probably around three weeks, three to four weeks total to pack everything up in boxes, put the addresses on, put the extras mm. in it. Um, you know, I like to sign the books and, you know, there's, there's a lot of prep and shipping and then, and then it calms down. Most people get it. Then there's a couple of people that don't get it. And we have to track down the packages and, you know, I, I'm still, we just got the last Killing Time in America book out, meaning everyone got their books, everyone got their digital. Oh, okay. But, but we had one or two people six months, eight months later tell me, oh, I didn't see the thing to give you my address. Um, I know it's six months later. Can I still get the book? You know, so then I have to dig up one of the copies. I make extras pack it up and then send it to the party. You know what I mean? So it like, it almost feels like it never ends sometimes. Yeah. But with killing, but killing time, we just, there was like three stragglers towards the end, like the last month that we were laughing. And they all said the same thing. Oh, I didn't know it ended. I didn't check my mail. Mm. We just said, get the address. And I mean, I, we send them like five times to people, you know? Um, so, you know, life gets in the way. Sometimes I forget to uh, get to it, but we get, we make sure everybody gets a book. I've never, I pride myself in that there's not one unsatisfied customer, meaning no matter how crazy things happen with somebody, Patrick and I get back to the people right away and we figure out how to resolve things. Um, I take every sale insanely personal. And um, so my customer service is everything with my Kickstarters. I'm the guy that wants Kickstarters to have ratings because some people don't deliver them. Yeah. <clears throat> on them and um and i pay for that because people i've had people last week going you know i would love to do a kickstarter but i still owed four kickstarters from other people and i just say i've done 10 i said find me one person that hasn't gotten their stuff and you have every right to to say that about it but i said but you've never done one with me so uh i'll let other people chime in and but i still have that i saw people going I still haven't gotten my book from this guy and yeah. you should talk to that creator, you know, and I'm like, I'm not talking to any creator. I said, I'm, I'm worried about my own business. Hmm. I said, I, when I see them, I'll guilt them a little bit, but I'm still, I'm still own two or three, own two or three books, um, an anthology. Uh, you know, I, I still, rem I, I'm owed. Yeah. I'm still owed like three or four. So those people really hurt my business. Yeah. No, uh, your idea about a rating system for people who are consistently doing this is, is a good idea because yeah. I'm one of those people that I'm, if it's somebody that I don't know has a track record, like has never done a Kickstarter before, I, I'll wait. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll be leery of it. You, for instance, I, yeah. I uh, ordered the Killing Time in the America book, which was really good, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank and, you. It's a bit uh, of a crazy book. <laughs> uh, I, I think it should be a movie and a series of movies, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> no, I, 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 we wrote it. I think I wrote inside. We wrote it as a screenplay, and uh, everyone that's read it, including Blumhouse, said it's a little too crazy and there's no good guys in it. And I had to correct them. I said, no, there actually is. There's a cop that, you know, chasing down everything. And I said, and then, you know, characters have a turn, you know, one character, the young girl has a sort of like, she starts looking at her life a little bit. And uh, I said, but I said, it's a movie about bad guys. 
and I said that, um, you know, and, and Craig and I set it up. We wrote it in a screenplay, and, and everyone who reads the screenplay goes, it's a little too crazy. And I always laugh because the way we wrote the screenplay was that we could shoot it in a beach town in around two weeks. Yeah. You know, we could shoot this easily. So one day, uh, you know, when either my name's more popular or I'm able to raise more money, I'll probably try to raise funds to shoot a movie of it. You know, but that's really hard because movies are very expensive. Yeah. The people, they're really expensive. And there's actors and all these kind of people. So. I, you know, when you, when you're a guy like Ed Burns and you do this or something like that, then you can kind of do that. You know, I'm, I'm like, I could probably raise the money to shoot a tiny indie film of one third of the movie, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but even still, I am a big fan of, well, I, I, I love, and I love, I love adult comics. Mm. I like the nudity. I like the violence. I like the language, colorful language. I, I love Tarantino films, you know, that kind of stuff. So I have a tendency to, for my stuff is when I do my own thing to kind of go full on adult. Um, because probably because I'm writing for mainstream every part of the day besides what I'm doing in my Kickstarter. Yeah. Even like, even like Painkiller Jane, it's nudity, there's violence. You know, I, I warn people, I'm like, it's an adult book. You know, don't get mad if you order it and, and uh, you know, uh, 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 male and female parts are offensive to you. Uh, I'm sorry, but go to a, don't go to museums either, and uh, try to try to stay <laughs> off the beach, and uh, don't look in the mirror. I, I, you know, I don't really get. I mean, I have a more European mentality about nudity. I'm I'm fine with it, you know, um, in in comics and in literature and film and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, and and with comics, you, you have your choices, right? If it's not if that's not up your alley, there's tons of other things that is. That's kind of oh, the yeah. great thing about yeah. the medium. Yes. Yes, we're never at a lack of product. And even if you feel there's a lack of new stuff, you can go to those boxes in the store and flip through and find something new yeah. that you missed. So yeah. what yeah. is it that keeps you coming back to Painkiller Jane out of all the, the, the original creations you've done over the years? I, I feel, you know, Amanda said to me once, she said, Jane is you. You, you're, that's your sensibilities is in Jane, you know, and she goes, I know it's a girl and this and that, but the way you look at the world is how Jane looks at it. She goes, it's fun to read Jane because I feel like I'm hanging out with you, like an angry uh, female version of you, which I find funny. Um, <laughs> but I, I love, I love the character. I, I love the, her attitude. And um, I, I just feel like, you know, since we've done Jane, there's been a lot of redheaded uh, uh, heroes, you know, like we did Jane and I think Brian did Scarlet and, you know, I kept seeing all these other books and they all look like Painkiller Jane books to me. I was like, well, it's like kind of the same thing, but, you know, but each one has a different take and I mm. just love the idea. I love the idea of, of, uh, of someone so driven to, to be, uh, uh, the good guy that they can't kind of see sometimes that they're, just as bad as the bad guy in a way. Um, you know, it's sort of like a female Punisher for me, um, except she's a little, you know, she, and her story is just as sad, you know, in a way. Um, but it's just one of those characters that sticks with me. You know, I love Ash as well, you know, but um, I'm like, Jane, you know, Joe wants to do Ash when we do it together. So until Joe finds time, we can't really touch <laughs> on Ash. But with Jane, but with Jane, Jay, Joe, Joe's like, yeah, go ahead, do, do whatever you want. Have fun with her. And, um, you know, and I've had a lot of luck with Jane. You know, we've had a TV movie on Sci-Fi, 
we had a series on sci-fi that was 22 one-hour episodes. And I just finished working on a screenplay and, you know, for, for the Jane movie that's gone out for, for directors right now. So, um, Oh, okay. So that answers, uh, that answers the question that I was going to ask a little bit later. I was going to sneak in. So the, the movie is still very much an ongoing concern as much as any movie yes. is until it starts rolling. Yes. Um, so we got finally a script, Christine Boland and uh, and you know and I worked on worked on a script and the story for it and it's at the point where we're really happy with it and the investors are happy with it which means they're going out now to get a director on it so um, you know this is Hollywood right everything takes time and oh, everyone's yeah. schedule has to be paid attention to and yep. you know um, it's funny because I was the, the I've had so many things in development but. Jane is the only one that's actually been done, and except for probably in in uh, October, I think Random Acts of Violence, uh, September and October, we'll see that coming out by uh, Jay Baruchel. Mm. Um, that, that Jay did an adaption of that, and we were up in Toronto watching him shoot that a couple of months back. So that's in post production, and um, so that's actually going to come out. But that's an adaption of my book, so it's like Jay and his buddy read the book and said, all right, we like it, but we want to change some stuff. And I was like, do whatever you want. I said, at the end of the day, my comic book's the same. Yeah. So have fun with the movie. You know, I always say it's like, it's like we're like two people, you know, paint a waterfall. Well, no matter how their paintings look, the waterfall is still the waterfall. And my thing with the book is no matter how they adapt it, my book is still the book. So I worry less about how other people adapt things they're gonna do whatever they want yeah and and i'm i'm always of the opinion when like on our podcast we cover movie news a fair amount and my opinion whenever you hear stories is like until it starts rolling it can all fall apart (laughs) oh oh my god i dude i've had monolith i've had so many the pro i've sold four or five times yeah in development i mean there's even a piece of animation on youtube that we did and, and uh i've had so many things fall apart the money I made from Hollywood is so little, um, but comics are my life. So comics are my main focus. That's why the Kickstarters are really near and dear to me, and I work hard on them. Like I said, the, you so you got Killing Time in America. It's not a cheap book. It has spot varnish. It has paper inside. The paper in you know interior covers stock, and then, like I we me and John J Hill sat there and babysat that book. I told him, I said, I want somebody to get this book in the mail and go, okay, I got my money's worth. Oh, yeah. You know? um, I, if that's one of the, even if you, if you happen to do a Kickstarter for something, a book that I'm not interested in, I would always say, like, it, for somebody who is, it's worth it because of that book. Because, uh, like, I, I knew I was getting a hardcover when mine came in. But uh, like right. I, it was like extremely good quality. Like it was totally worth the money when I got it. So, well, yeah, thanks. And 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 that to me is like the Kickstarter thing is like I have to make it that these people feel like, oh my god, not only is it worth the money, but look, it's signed. Um, you know, it's it's I have an item that's not for sale again. Yeah, because uh, my past Kickstarters, you know, they're not available. Okay. Um, I, I, once in a while we find like two or three copies or something and I put it on paper films, but for the most part, they're not available anywhere and retailers, they don't have them. Right. And I see them on eBay and I feel bad because the prices on them are crazy. 
um, you know, I laugh. I'm like, oh my god, imagine I got paid that much for them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but people like I just had somebody go to me. I, I want to back a Kickstarter, but I wait till my retailer gets the book. And I just told them, I said, well, unless your retailer orders the pledge part, the the uh, you know the thing I have with the um, where I offer five books, unless the retailer is going to buy it, that. I said, more than likely, you know, the pledge that if they don't pledge it, they're not going to have the book. Yeah, and they're definitely not going to have the version that like Amanda did the cover. Amanda did like a, she did. A, we have an expensive one. It's like a hundred dollars. Amanda did some nudity on the cover. So there's only 150 of those, right? And they're numbered. So, I, you know, I I get where people think they're going to wait for, it, but I don't know where they're going to find them. Yeah, because we print them, we print them to order, you know, so. Even even the um, we did one that uh, Amanda well Bilson Kevich is the regular one so we and we print that to order and then Amanda did one that's uh, a limited edition that's forty five dollars three hundred copies but the thing is you know it's like I I, I am only going to print what's ordered so if if we don't hit the three hundred on that I'm only going to print what was ordered and then we print ten or twenty more because we get returns, we get damages and stuff like that. So I have to always overprint. Yeah. Um, but I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to have these later. So, you know, just understand that when I do the Kickstarter, because Denver, <clears throat> I have people asking for the regular cover on Denver all the time. And I'm like, I have none. I have one in a bag that's on my wall that I could see it. Yeah. And the only ones I have extras are Amanda's cover, but they want the regular cover, you know, because it's like that one is just no nudity on it. And I'm, I always tell them, and I'm like, you know, you, you, you got to buy. It's why I added, I added a, um, on this Kickstarter, I added the, uh, you get for $150, you get five card covers, the Wilson Cabbage cover, and they're all signed by me and Amanda. Yeah. You know, and it's five copies. So I, I, I get it. If they're $25, a, <clears throat> I mean, they're $30 a copy. But my thing is, we sell the signed one for much more. And then, let's be honest, if you're a retailer, you can ask 40 50 bucks for it. Because it's a signed hardcover, and it's a limited edition. Yeah. You know, so I always go to them. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, you know, retailers, certain retailers order them. But, like, for this, Jane, when I haven't had anybody order it, but I put the pledge there because I had two retailers ask me, hey, can you put something with more than one book so I can order it? So I put the, I put the, <laughs> I put the pledge there, but nobody's ordered them yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's okay. It's okay because, like, by the end of it, I'll sell a bunch because there'll be one or two retailers. I go, yeah, can I get it from you? And I'm like, yeah, go to my Kickstarter page and click on that. Um, you know, everyone wants to do deal off deals off uh, offline, but I can't do it because, I, like, I'm saying, I'm committing the Kickstarter people, yeah. and they they get exclusive stuff. So um, the temptation's there, but I don't do it because. Uh, I don't know. There, I, there's like certain rules I have with this stuff. I, I, if I'm going to create a collectible, I want to make sure it's collectible. I, w- I don't want to hear a guy printed ten thousand extra. You know, yeah. Uh, that drives me. That drives me crazy because I'm a comic book fan and collector as well. So uh, there's things I do that because I'm a comic fan and collector. <laughs> crazy things. <laughs> so. Um... The last time we talked, we t- we spoke a little bit about your uh, working relationship with your lovely wife uh, as uh, you writer and her artist. But as mm-hmm. of late, you guys have been writing a lot more together. Now, is that just sort of an extension of 
the the creative process you guys were doing anyways and just now she's not drawing it or is there a little bit more in depth now that you're both writing together there's a little more in depth because okay so with jane we wrote it together you know and uh and, and we had fun writing it and she's just doing a couple of covers um right now she's heavy with doing covers she's getting a lot of cover work and she's finishing commitments she's been doing the captain marvel covers she's been doing the uh, Supergirl covers. She's been doing the, the new Wonder Woman collections for the Walmart books we did. She's doing those covers, which I'm glad uh, to see we're getting trades of because those books have not entered Ontario for whatever reason. No, Walmart I, I hasn't. I actually, yeah, I, I know. It's, you know, it's like everyone was blaming me, and I'm like, hey, I don't distribute. Oh them. no, if I had them. I, I you know, I I want people to buy as many books as they can. I want them to be able available everywhere. But yeah. the good news is. They're putting the two parts into one book, and it's fun stuff, and it's beautiful chat artwork, and uh, you know, so we're happy about that. But she's also working on; we're also working on projects for ourselves. We have three creator-owned series we're doing that may not be the first one; may not even be announced till the end of the year. Okay, because Amanda, you know, um, but it's the stuff we're doing. You know, we've been offered, like, Marvel and DC work, a lot of Marvel and DC work, but it's not what we want to do. Um, you know, we have, uh, we have like, a small list of things we want to do, and we pitch them, yep. and nobody's uh, nobody's buying them. Nobody wants them, And it, which I find really strange after uh, <laughs> having such a big hit that they... But, but the, anyway, that's the nature of business, right? It's mm. like... You know, you know, it, it's uh, you want to do stuff, and they're like, "Ah, we're not looking for that. We want you. We'd rather you do this. We'd rather you do the mar the Marvel version of Harley Quinn, or like as an example, like just pick a female character. Can you do that? But can you do it like Harley or things like that? They they'll pitch right, to. or 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 you just or we pitch stuff that we love, like let's say something like Power Girl or something, and, and they're just saying, "No, nah, we're not, we're not looking." do that work to have that character out there and that now or the interest isn't there and we argue it you know because we're like really because everyone says that you know they love our book this way and that way but at the end of the day you know again you know the 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 thing with with this is again there's so much product like that out there yeah and i i think it's and i think it's i think we did we left a really good mark on harley we did five years worth of books there's three omnibuses you know I think we've done enough work on that for now, and um, I think it's time we get our own stuff out there. And, and I will say the two two of the series we have, they're they're sort of in the vein of the pro. Ooh, Meaning okay. They're, they're over. They're, one of them's a team book, and one of them's a single character book, and they're ridiculous. They're over the top. They're funny. They're a little rude and a little rude. And of course, it's a, it's our art and sensibilities. Meaning, it's funny, and you know, Amanda and I having fun and, and uh, taking a piss on a lot of things in the world. And um, so we're doing it, and like in in the end, it's, it's the smarter thing to do. Even though our income right now is not that much because we're not doing that much work, um, but we did save for a rainy day. So this year we're pretty much working, 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 and then. Uh, Hopefully next year the books start coming out and they gain an audience or they don't. You know, um, the, it's all a risk, right? Because you don't know what the public wants and the public doesn't know what they want. So <laughs> you, know, you you, you kind of just have to guess. 
you know, look, it's easy to say Avengers is going to make a billion dollars. We get it, you know. Um, yeah. But the 90 movies that come out around it, you know, you don't know what that, you don't, you never know. You know, I, I didn't see, did you see Captain Marvel yet? Uh, yes, I saw it uh, probably the week it came out. All right, I think we're going to see it this week. But, you know, movies like that, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 we saw Captain Marvel. Amanda and I saw Captain Marvel. And Amanda was disappointed, and I was bored. And, uh, you know, she had her reasons. She said she, she had story, you know, said the story could have been better. But, but we both enjoyed it, but the hype killed it for us. Like, so yeah, much I can hype. see that. When we went to see it, we were like, oh, okay, this was solid, but it's not changing the world. Like, we, you know, people, was, people were telling us, oh, when you see it, you'll never look at another female character again. And I'm like, hmm. No, it's it's solid and it's fun and you know uh, for me it was like a hero that had powers from the beginning of the movie to the end you know mm. um, so it was interesting but like uh, but Shazam we're gonna go see this week so uh, that was fun it it's a lot of fun uh, just my personal view on it yeah uh, is it was but the, you know it was just it, it was what it should the, be <laughs> right but the move I don't think the movies are making people buy comics no. So I so I stopped worrying about that. Yeah. And again, until I see every Avengers or every JLA or every actor that plays a superhero holding a comic book in their hand saying, hey, read the source material. It's great. I won't get fully behind all that stuff because mm. I just feel like I just feel like there's a disconnect. Like these guys, these actors come into the cons and charge one hundred and fifty dollars an autograph. And what do we do? We sit in the alley. And listen to people complain they have no money because they paid one hundred and fifty dollars an autograph. Yeah, so they can't so they can't buy our book and they want to see if we can give it to them for cheaper. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, did you go up to that millionaire and ask him if he can do his autograph cheaper? Mm. Uh, you know, um, it's like a really everything's upside down right now. So our focus is just to make fun comics and get them to the people that are looking for them, and that's where the Kickstarter has come into play. So to uh, end off our interview uh, today, I know you're a big mo- movie buff, as evidenced by the last part of this conversation. Yeah. Is there anything mm-hmm. you're looking forward to that, like, not necessarily a superhero movie, is there any movies that you, you're you looking forward to catching on the big screen this summer? Absolutely. Tarantino's, uh, what is it, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is uh, a must. For me, because his he has dialogue movies, so they're always fun mm. and they're always adult, and I never know what's going to happen in them. I, I uh, you know, he's one of those directors that I think uh, <laughs> no matter what I expect, it's going to be something a little different. Mm. Um, uh, Jim Jarmusch's uh, zombie movie looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah, you know, um, and again, Jim Jarmusch doing something out of his safe zone. Um, so I love that idea. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I'm not big into horror movies. The horror movies to me are all the same. They're about a ghost in a house and a, yeah. now it's a Spanish ghost in the house. I don't know. It's the same thing. Is it? I don't find a kid standing in the hallway scary on any level. <laughs> and if you, and if you take, if you take those out, that's around 80% of the movies right now Yeah, are, you know, ghost kids are not scary. They're not scary. A naked grandma running at you, a grandpa running at you, that's scary. 
Naked child standing in the hallway? Eh, not so scary. I can, I can get on my uh, bicycle and run him over. You know, I, 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 I love ghost stories that have a lot to do with history. Mm. So, you know, that kind of stuff I like. But the modern ones are, they're all, you know, quiet, quiet, quiet. Something jumps out. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's now it's like the, the, it's like a formula. And the formula to me is old now. Um, you know, so I'm looking forward to anything that's a little different. The superhero movies are always fun. Like I said, I, I yeah, no, uh, I'm the same way. I, I look at it. Uh, I guess it was two or three years ago when baby driver came out, the, the Edgar Wright yes. film. And that yeah. was, uh, and now I call it, uh, like I'm looking for my baby driver this summer. Like I know I'm going to see all the superhero movies and I'm probably going to love them. But at the same time, I, right. I would love to have a different flavor in there. And that's what I, I kind of look for every summer now. Oh, oh! I mean, the foreign films are, you know, uh, to me, um, are probably the best thing because I don't know the actors, so I'm buying the story right away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so they're, they're, you know, like like I said, I could be a little critical with things like Captain Marvel and 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 you know, and then the uh, superhero movies because we're in the business, and I think they just get hyped too much. I think I have like this thing that happens where everything's hyped so much by the time it comes out, you know, I'm like, eh, bum. I wish I was looking forward to John Wick 3, but I didn't like part two, so... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, we should, so, you know, the first movie, he's getting revenge. His wife gave him a dog. He gets revenge mm-hmm. on the people that did it great. Second movie, he knows the guy is going to... It opens with this guy saying, you know, you know, with this coin, I'm coming after you. And he still sits in the house knowing the guy's going to blow up the house with him in it. I didn't understand that. And then he became a mass murderer. He goes overseas and kills around 10,000 people. And I'm just like, you know what? I've lost sympathy for this guy. He lost his dog. He's upset he killed the people with his dog. Now he, he can choose not to murder everyone on Earth for the next movie. I thought the second one was the story of a, of a mass murderer. I mean, he does kill like around 300 people in it. Hmm. And he's just wiping people out. There's a whole middle section that goes on for 40 minutes of him killing people. And I'm just like, you know, if this guy was so retired and peaceful and everything, like, I'm supposed to relate or feel for this guy, but I don't really feel anything for him now. He's just killed everybody, and now he's killing more. So the third movie is just, I, I get it. It's flipping it. Now everyone's after him, so he has to protect himself. So he'll kill around 10,000 more people, and they're all bad guys by the third one. But I thought that it lost its direction in the second one. I thought the second one went way off base. I lost sympathy. I stopped feeling bad for him. He had a choice not to kill some people. He could have walked away from everything. But, you know, and I, so it kind of lost me. I actually got lost in the second one. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, okay this is just for the sake of watching killings at this point. So, uh, so the third one's going to be more of that. I wish... I'm looking forward to Godzilla, though, King of the Monsters. Godzilla looks, and I wasn't a huge fan of the first one, but it like uh, out of our podcast crew, there's two of us that are really looking forward to that. I'm also, I'm yeah. also kind of looking forward to uh, uh, Stuber, the the buddy cop comedy with uh, Batista and Kamel Nunjami, because I just really like Kamel and stuff. So yeah, I haven't seen the trailer or anything, but that sounds like fun. Yeah, 
and that's yeah. kind of what uh, what I want. And it's not like you know, it's not a franchise or anything too. So it's, right, I, I know a couple of people who have seen the work print of it and said it like the work print was solid, but they've got another three months to to tighten it up a bit more. And if that happens, it'll be a really fun film. But. I just saw the trailer for Fast and Furious, the Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> now, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the Fast and Furious stuff. I'm just not. I watched two of them, and I was like, okay, that's it. I get it. Um, but the Hobbs and Shaw one looks pretty funny. And Amanda was sitting there laughing, going, "All right, we have to see that." And I'm like, "Yeah, that, that looks crazy." You know, um, looking forward to it, Chapter Two. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting I like that's coming it. out this year, but yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and and. Um, it's one when I was something else I was looking at. Oh, the Joker film looks interesting to me. It you know, and I yeah. thought it was a Joker film. Joker film and got and Zombieland double tap. So oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, those things those things look crazy to me. It kind of looks fun, you know. Um, and you're gonna laugh at the other one I'm looking forward to. Uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood with Tom Hanks. Oh no, no, not at all. Especially after that uh, that documentary that came out, uh, what was it last year? I guess on Mister Rogers. I'm I'm very curious to yeah. see what they do with it and how how it's done. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that is interesting for me. I mean, the most and, and then Star Wars. I'll, I'll, of course, I'll be there for Star Wars. Um, you know, it, 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 but it is the independent films. It is the foreign films that I track down mm. and. Um, my local theater shows usually one a week, um, and that's the, that's why usually it's why it's taken me. You know, I, we just saw Avengers the last one three weeks ago. Amanda and I, we just saw it, and actually it was it was a lot of fun. And so she's like, "Oh, okay, now we can see the new one, and it's pretty fresh in our brains." And I'm like, "Yep." Um, it was just bad timing. We never got to the theater to see it. Yeah. Um, and to and to nope. a certain extent, you also know how the sausage is made, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you've worked on some like of those characters and things like that. Like, right? That's why it's that's why it's hard to like watch Captain Marvel and get really drawn in. You know, it just got so hyped to to us. Like, we we sat there and went, "Yeah, it was good," but it's not. It's not like you know the end all movie. Like, I, I, I honestly, I saw everything coming and. You know, um, again, I, I never saw the struggle of the character. They had some flashbacks of, you know, uh, you can't do it because you're a girl kind of stuff. But I thought, you know, how great would it have been to start the movie there mm. and see her build up. But because she, I, I think because she was powerful from the beginning and then it didn't have like your typical superhero origin thing, I, I think it suffered because of it. I, I know it was trying to be creative, but I think it was it suffered because of it, but but my, uh, you know, my uh, my opinion with superhero movies is always a little a little rougher. Um, again, though, like I said, we enjoyed it, but all the hype, and I think because we took too long to see it, a lot of stuff was ruined for us. Yeah, you know, and it happens. It happens. I think the best thing to do is either not read any. It's like Game of Thrones, right? You don't want to. You don't read the internet. Don't look at the internet. Yeah, you know, just watch it. You know. Um, that said, I know the second one will be great. Captain Marvel, you know, because I like where it left off, so I think it'll be fun. Yeah, and the, and uh, they've they've done the the origin story now, right? You get, the, yeah, I think that's that, that sometimes is the the hardest thing that you have to kind of get out of the way of, and then you yeah. can do well, you know, more stuff with it. Are the new superhero movies are the new western, meaning that's all we're going to see for the next ten years. Yeah, 
You know, they're going to make every superhero movie. And here comes the weird ones and the bad ones and the fun ones. And I, I like the bad ones once in a while because I like the idea of going after characters that are unusual and trying to make them. Like, I like the idea. I, it's great to see these big-budget monsters, but I kind of like the smaller superhero films, the ones that are odd or like the Joker is promising to do. Mm. Or even um, even like the Birds of Prey, you know, from what I've seen and everything, it's going to be an unusual movie. And I kind of like the idea of that different voices uh, doing take doing different takes on the characters. I think stringing yeah. everything together in continuity uh, has worked for Marvel, but I think for DC, the best bet is to continue with the hey, we're just going to have give this director this character. Let's just, let's see what they do. Mm. I think that makes it for more interesting because I like to think all right, maybe a French film or French people will do a uh, uh, or a Russian theater uh, a Russian movie. Uh, there might be a Russian version of Black Widow done by Russian filmmakers. How cool would that be? You know, uh, you know. I just, I just think there's a lot of potential. But again, you know, all this supposed to help comics doesn't really do and, uh, much to move the needle. Like I said, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, that's a whole other conversation, right? <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I, I've taken up a good amount of your time, sir. But uh, I hope the uh, everything goes well with the Kickstarter. If the the numbers are any indication now, it should go pretty good. And that was my interview with Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, Jimmy's a great guy. Um, he, he's very, very honest too, which I, I really like. And. Um, just to give you an idea of what kind of guy he is, after I turned off the recorder, we talked for another, like, 15, 20 minutes, I think. Um, just, you know, shooting the shit about movies and other things. Uh, he did kind of want to reiterate, he didn't hate Captain Marvel. Uh, that may or may not come across in this interview. I don't think it does, but, um, it's just, he thought it was fine, but it was, it was nothing absolutely amazing. Which, it... That's his opinion, right? Um, the, the great thing about stuff like that is everybody has their own thoughts. And, you know, Jimmy's experience with film is different than mine is or Jen's is or Ryan's is. Uh, and especially when it comes to superhero stuff, because a lot of these characters he's worked on. So uh, uh, Captain Marvel, for instance, his wife is doing covers for it right now. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a different experience, especially when you're close to some of the characters than it is if you're like us and like we, we're just fans of the characters as opposed to actually working on them. So uh, his latest uh, Kickstarter, Painkiller Jane, uh, Trust the Universe, is uh, still available to put your money down on either for digital copies or the hardcover Um Get the hardcover. Get the hardcover. Um, Jimmy didn't ask me to say that. Just uh, the hardcover that I got for Killing Time in America is just, it's a beautiful put together physical object. So, it, you know, it just looks nice on the shelf. It's well put together. It's well worth your money. So uh, that's my advice. But if you just want to spend a couple bucks, uh, get the digital copy. I think it's like eight bucks or something like that. Uh, U.S. Um, you can find that on uh, the links to his Kickstarter on paperfilms.com as well as on the, the Kickstarter page. Just search Painkiller Jane. And uh, in case you're worried, oh, what if it doesn't get funding or anything? Uh, as I look at it today, it is over its target. So it's gotten the funding. 
it's now whether it'll reach some of the stretch goals that uh, he's put out for for the project. And uh, knowing most of his uh, Kickstarters, there's a good chance he'll at least crack like one or two of the uh, the extras. So can't guarantee it, but there, there's a good chance. Uh, thanks again to Jimmy for sitting down and talking with me. And uh, we'll probably have him back on uh, when the next batch of projects that he, he mentions sort of uh, covertly in there when they're ready to go. We'll have him back on and talk about those. In the meantime, uh, the, the next regular episode is on its way, and boys and girls, it's endgame time. Yep, uh, we've got the uh, the original crew, so Ryan, Jen, and Kevin, we're sitting down, and we're going to talk about endgame, and I can't stress this enough, so I'm going to start start it with this episode. There will be spoilers. There will be lots of spoilers. Lots and lots of spoilers. So if you haven't seen endgame yet... Skip the endgame episode until you do. Okay? Okay. Yeah, I will put that warning on the endgame episode itself, just in case you uh, you happen upon it by accident or it pulls up in your thing. You will have plenty of time to back out of it, um, but just warning you now. In the meantime, uh, thank you for listening, and I hope you're having a great day. So set your phasers to sexy.